0: Uh, episode ten, Montana Voices, and for uh, reasons that uh, we're, you're soon going to find out, it's going to entitled "Blue Lives Matter" or at least "Lives that Matter," depending on your opinion. After the show, it's certainly going to get a pretty, pretty f- polar here on episode two. But first, some business.
1: Indeed. Um as always, if you would like to listen to our podcast, you're probably already at this website as it is currently. But if you'd like to go there or send it off to your friends and relatives, it's going to be MontanaVoicesPodcast.com. If you would like to send your uh, concerns, griefs to us of any sort, it's going to be email at MontanaVoices at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is going to be at Montana underscore Voices. Our Facebook account is going to be at Montana Voices Podcast. Uh, Twitch, will I I keep plugging this quite a bit here, but uh, folks, I tell you, we are very, very close to getting up and underway on there. Twitch.tv slash Montana Voices, and we're now on YouTube as well. You can find us at Montana Voices Podcast.
0: Yep, and uh, YouTube is a a great place to share. Uh, Everything's there, obviously, a day after, but... uh you know, best place, Montana Voices dot com. And I think in the near future, uh, depending on what sort of free time I end up with is this week, we will get the RSS feeds updated for Google Play and uh, iTunes once again.
1: Looking forward to it there. They uh are quite the handful trying to deal with those people. But um you know, let's hope this is not the episode that they listen to when they decide to
0: read authorize us i yeah, guess be the they best should be uh, for all for it here though uh, regardless of opinions they're not for them um so uh <laughs> yeah but on itunes um actually easier to work with uh we, last time we needed to update the feed we just sent them a quick email and uh it did take like a week and a half to get to it but they responded back that they updated our feed and um so some of our uh Buzzsprout episodes are still on on iTunes. Um, Google Play, you actually have to talk to a person on the phone, which I'm adamantly against. Are you
1: kidding me? Like, a person? That's wow.
0: Yeah, like a real live person, uh, maybe I don't, I don't know where this person is but, uh, you know, maybe we'll just, you know scrap the whole thing on Google Play and start over again. That's the best way here.
1: Maybe. That really blows me away though, that, you know, to start out with even, that, uh for something so stupid and menial compared to YouTube, where anything goes, you know, that footage of your, uh, uh, you know, cousin twirling around in your sister's prom dress in the snow will be uploaded in 4K and be there in 70 years. But, uh, it sounds like, Jimmy, you're gonna have to, uh, make quite the case
0: here to a real person. <laughs> yeah adamantly against. Uh, so I guess we'll recap on our uh, old topics and then uh, dive into our new topics, which we're going to outline before we actually discuss them and then uh, dive right into it. We have uh, no corrections. Uh, we were absolutely 100% accurate in the last episode, um, according to people <laughs> whom listened. And uh, that's about all I have there. Uh, some activity on Facebook as far as comments and stuff, but uh, not the usual video that we, uh, you know, ...that you get when you're any sort of person that, you know, puts out your political beliefs in a public forum. So, good luck there. So, let's you run through the new topics here. Indeed.
1: Um, Well, to start out with you, let's go through the whole docket of what we have going down uh, on tonight's episode. First off, we'll be touching back on the Great Falls heating issue... Um, we had touched on this previously, but I did not get a say in that. That was the uh, Country Road episode with Chris Smith's fill-in, so uh, we'll be touching on that real quick. Then we have a uh, little bit of talk regarding Haver's growth, and then also police pay uh, across the state in various towns. Um, then we're going to go into different pay grades for different positions. Uh, we'll also be getting into things over at the Hardin Jail and uh, then we'll be diving a little bit into Montana's civil forfeiture issues, and then uh, after that we're going to get into some odds and ends with Blackfeet and their current gripes with the federal government. Um, and then in regards to that, we'll then segue off to Native Disproportionate, uh, oh that is a hard word for me. I'm, I'm and a it's misspelled again. on the
0: doc. So that's <laughs> <laughs> disproportionate uh, incarceration that we're okay. diving into.
1: Indeed. And then uh, I see national discussion on the docket. I'm very excited here. Uh, I assume that's in regards to uh, current events afar in the area that I like to refer to as non-TANA.
0: Um, uh, certainly, Montana. It, it's a silly place. You don't want to go there, um, but uh, you know we're not an island, as you know, and these issues do affect us, and sort of certainly the national discourse does. So, we'll. Uh, it's not the main focus of our cast here, but we'll, you know, certainly touch on it
1: for sure. Sucks for them. We're going to touch on
0: it. So, we'll first dive into Montana power. At the turn of the 1990s, Montana had a wholly interstate managed utility company and we enjoyed some of the lowest rates and best service in the country. Come the 2000s, and the majority of Montana utility subscribers were writing checks to an out-of-state company for rates up to 113% higher than the regulated rates of the 90s. The executive of Montana's own electrical utility had taken large bonuses and moved out of state. But what more should we expect from a company founded by the Anaconda Copper Mining Company but to fleece the state and move? In 1997, Montana Power had a legal monopoly. For almost 85 years, the company had operated profitably. Formed by the Anaconda Copper Mining Company in 1912, it was only a byproduct to serve residential customers, but its main intent was to simplify purchasing power for the Butte mines and the railroad. A merger brought four companies together, I suspect that rates were regulated so that private consumers would not subsidize large businesses. However, others suggest the PSC operated on the whims of Montana Power and the Anaconda Mine. In a quick session of events that could only have been orchestrated by a central faction, Montana Power would wholly exit the power distribution and generation business and it would run 21,000 miles of fiber optics right before the dot-cop bubble burst and before new technologies increased the carrying capacity of single fibers. Perhaps this is the debate, if the means justify the ends, but today Montana enjoys a vast fiber optic network, a lot of which is in areas that would be 100% percent uneconomically feasible today. Heck, it was economically unfeasible in 1997. In a late term session, the Montana legislature voted to deregulate. There was little debate, and it was signed without questioning from the public by then Governor Mark Roscoe. This caught Montanans by surprise. We were further surprised when Montana sold off its power generation infrastructure to PPL, that's Pennsylvania Power & Light, and later sold off its power distribution to Northwestern Energy. The promise of competition and choice of electrical distributor never came to fruition. The distribution company would later go bankrupt and fell under re-regulation in 2005. The company survives and our Public Service Commission is charged with regulating companies in the free market. The free market has decided that Montana should produce more natural gas than it consumes, however, all that natural gas should be exported, leaving Montanans buying natural gas from the East Coast. Montana Power sold the bull and used the funds to build a fiber optic network. It did so without consulting its shareholders, but instead was operated under the direction of advisors from Goldman Sachs. It would be caught up in litigation until its death in 2003. The fiber network it built would be sold to 360 Networks as part of a bankruptcy settlement for $28 million. For reference, you would be lucky to bury fiber across town for under a million. 360 Networks got 21,000 miles of fiber. 360 Networks was in bankruptcy themselves during the purchase, and eventually got absorbed into Zeo Networks, whom even today are some of the only fiber connections from Montana to major exchanges. They are also the only long-haul fiber into certain areas in Montana. Montana has an advanced fiber network and that has given it an edge in this information age. Our low electrical rates under re-regulation, their matching rates from the 90s adjusted for inflation, coupled with the network availability, has spawned businesses such as Bitcoin Farm in Bonner, network co-location in most major cities, and we have gotten connectivity to some of the least populated regions of Montana. Was this newfound opportunity worth the loss of pensions, jobs for thousands, and the regulatory and economic nightmare that ensued? So, uh, well, let's dive uh, right into Great Falls High heating, or uh, lack thereof, I guess. Uh, there was a lot of discussion on this, uh, and I think uh, in Con- the Country Road episode, I pointed out to, to Chris that it looks like Great Falls High is having the same issues that they had when I went to high school there, um, <laughs> <laughs> which An is- old,
1: old building has terrible heating. You, you, you don't say, wow. Yeah, no, I remember full well, you know, going to Great Falls High as well, and... Uh, when it was winter, you had your hoodie on. Everybody did.
0: And the uneven heating is, uh, I think, the worst part of it. It was, um, you know, some rooms where you're boiling hot, where you're shedding layers, and others, uh, you know, we were, you can see your breath. So there is... <laughs> but this is uh, not a new concern. And some of the comments I saw in the uh, the last one were regards to... I. someone online, I went to school in the 70s, and this was a problem then. And, of course, the people that are... Uh, You know, anti-administration and anti, uh, I guess, establishment in Great Falls are using this to poke jabs. You guys have had 50 years to fix this, and you haven't?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I would like to take that uh, time to point out specifically that from what I've seen within the infrastructure of Great Falls High, God, I hope this isn't like public knowledge, and I hope this doesn't spark anything, but they still have some asbestos, or at least when I was going to school there, they still had some asbestos pipes in the uh, basement areas. Uh, you know, and you could tell they were asbestos because there were huge, uh, prints on the side that said this is asbestos, do not touch it, and,
0: uh, Google. You know, it's really fine if you're not, you know, tossing it up in the air and running through it, uh, uh I assume. Indeed. It's best left alone. For search.
1: So, uh, you know, to have an infrastructure like that, um... I'm sure, like, the ventilation isn't going through anything with asbestos pipes or ducting,
0: but... Well, it's oil heat over there, or is that, uh, right? Um, if I remember correctly.
1: I think. It's hard to say. I thought they had, they have, the, you know, your standard boiler like everybody else in the district would, I believe.
0: Is the boiler oil, or is that water? Uh, I believe it's water... Well, I, I'm no HVAC engineer,
1: so... I'm, I'm not. We should really get a, uh, one of the custodial engineers on the show here
0: sometime. I actually know a guy, so...
1: Oh, perfect. Well, let's get in touch and ask him a thing or two about a thing or two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, so I'm not sure what sort of infrastructure they have there, but I do remember, uh, uh, what do you call them, the catacombs below Great Falls High? Uh, I've uh, been The to yes. Do the du- just a little bit of it, and uh, one, it's scary, interesting scary and interesting, and uh, definitely ancient, so I'm not surprised that there's asbestos down there.
1: Yeah, so, you know, when I read everything going on with it, all I could think, you know, I I would personally thought back to, like, my times in the more colder classrooms, where some of us would come in and sit down, and someone would make a comment of how, god, it's fucking cold in here today, you know? And you'd still have, you know, the group of kids that come in wearing shorts and no coat on, and just, well, you know, I, I'm i not even cold. Like, I,
0: whoa, we got a badass you know. over here. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's all you can think is like, yeah, whoa. <laughs> you know, the, the thermostat in, in here says, you know, we're below 60 well so, and yeah, you, you're doing great. So, alright, fella.
0: So, sort of a interesting discussion of the future of Great Falls High over there. Uh, that was built in the 1912, or uh, I don't remember the year. Do you recall off the top of your head?
1: Um, yeah, it was around that era. Uh, early as shit, I know that much. Um, but it, for in order for them to make the upgrade that needs to happen for that, it sounded like it was going to take a significant chunk of time to do. And that significant chunk is a time period that they really can't afford to go without uh, a high school for the kids, so... You know, and if you have kids in there, you gotta have heat. So,
0: more than three months, it sounds like. You have the summer, and then uh, I suppose you do not need heating in the last couple months of uh, the spring. Indeed, but then you start to need air conditioning potentially.
1: However, that place doesn't have air conditioning at all. I don't think
0: so. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Not as I remember. I remember, you know, sweating (laughs) quite a bit. (laughs) Open a
1: window. It's open. Well. Uh, class will be over in 30 minutes, so don't worry about it. You know? and-
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same room all day. Just deal with it, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much.
1: <laughs> uh, how inconsiderate those little sons of guns. So
0: but- maybe that ties uh, further, because that is, of course, an ancient building, uh, early 1900s at least. Uh, and that brings in the discussion, if there is asbestos down there, that, of course, is a uh, asbestos removal and the care and management of that is becoming a sort of dying art as there's less asbestos to do and the crews that work on that uh, are becoming more and more specialized and also far and few in between. So that any asbestos problem is getting, you know, as time passes more expensive to take care of.
1: I assume it's a dying art, literally from mesothelioma. (laughs) Potentially. Uh,
0: I I see what you did there. Uh, There's a proper PPE. Uh, My uncle used to work in asbestos, uh, I think in the 70s, even, back when they, the market was hot. So, and uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, special things they do as far as clothing and uh, protective equipment, and essentially everything gets burned or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Somebody else's problem, you know. Who who cares? So, but, yeah, now, either way to, to this, you know, I, I'm downright a little disappointed to see all of the guffaw directed specifically at Tammy Lacey over this issue as if she was the one down there uh, you know, dialing back the thermostat, saying, it's alright, kids, you
0: know. And I understood Just that she on, went down there way. and personally cut down some trees.
1: Cut down some trees. Oh, yeah, the trees. Yeah, the trees. I forgot about the trees. All of a sudden, the town's filled with Loraxes, you know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. well, um, that was another thing that the, there was outcry about. Uh, I guess, in between the new building and the old building, they uh, some trees were cut down um, to make way for an expansion. I understand that's going to be an en- an enclosure between the two buildings now.
1: Indeed, it's hilarious that they are uh, there was so much backlash about them cutting down these trees. Um, but, you know, I'm sure this was when you were going to school, it was the same deal as when I was going to school. For everybody who was a freshman or sophomore, if you had any kind of class at all and South Campus, was like, "God damn it, it's cold. I don't want to go outside." Why did Why did they Why do they build a second building? Why couldn't they just build onto this, you know, first building? This is stupid. And you know, finally, uh, someone in the top administration listened to the kids. I feel like, and was like, "You know what? We're gonna give the people what they want." Kids, yeah. we're gonna give you a walkway, and they gave them a walkway, uh, but we got to cut down some trees, and oh no, <laughs> they got angry. So it, it's just you know, yeah, they want their cake, uh, but they want to eat it as well as how it well, feels. It, to me. it
0: just feels like there is a group of people that are uh, just angry about the establishment and you know the. Administration for anything that's, you know, status quo in Great Falls. What were they supposed so, to do
1: instead? I feel exactly the same in that regard. Um,
0: I mean, what? you know, I, I, I can't say. I'm not sure what the uh, sudden concern for, was it five, six trees? Not much. I, even if they cut them all down, there wasn't that many to begin with. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Either that or there was a stop order in place or something, I believe. But, um, you know, I didn't see any one of those people advocating uh, to throw down even more levy money so that we could construct a tunnel from uh, the main campus over to the south campus there.
0: On the contrary, they were advocating against it because of mismanagement of trees.
1: That's
0: unfortunate. So, uh,
1: hopefully we can delve more into that. I feel like there's a ton of controversy around the Great Falls public school system that could be... Uh, checked into. uh, But, you know, no one wants to take a public face with that. So hopefully we can get some anonymous sources on here at some point.
0: Yeah, we have the resources uh, to accommodate that as well. But in the meantime, let's move uh, further north. Uh, Haver, a great place. Uh, They have uh, all the weather of the High Line, but uh, little of the economic opportunity up there. (laughs) Uh, But they do have it, I hear.
1: They do. Um, And, you know, I got to say, for some, there is quite a bit of economic opportunity there as well uh a lot of the local utility companies uh, certainly do pay well um and then uh, as well the, uh, the the big top employer up there i believe is, still is burlington northern so uh, the rail line pays mr buffett pays uh <laughs> he does oh, a check still waiting for that check for us as well um i'm sure they're all getting theirs weekly so ours is in in the mail
0: so um the havert herald um which is a, a. There's either two newspapers in Haver. I'm not sure if this is a print edition or, or an online edition, similar to uh, the ECD Beat or the the Electric down in Great Falls or the Missoula Current. Um, but they are, uh, you know, it's contrary to the Haver Daily News, which is ironically not daily. But they are uh, pondering the question as uh, whether Haver is dying or evolving. And, uh, you know, there's uh, certainly creed on both sides of the argument there uh, certain larger businesses especially the malls and i think we've discussed this in a previous episode where you know malls are just falling out of favor and small businesses are are coming up so uh i can't say for sure uh you know what's going on there other than they did point out that there is pretty low wages for uh those service jobs that are coming
1: yeah i feel like that's the same for really service jobs anywhere but i imagine that would be tough on top of that to be in small town america and then have, you know, low income because, um, you know, I mean I, I can't imagine that their milk is going to be as cheap as it is in a lot of other places. I have no idea. I haven't bought milk in Haver in quite a while, but...
0: Um, hey, you're going uh, vegan, it sounds like, or... Uh,
1: while I'm in Haver...
0: No. No, no, <laughs> no, right, no dairy right. in Haver.
1: <laughs> but uh, in Great Falls, I, I drink uh, a shitload of milk in Great Falls.
0: But you don't have to set your foot in a store. I tried the new uh, Walmart um, online ordering thing, and you park your car outside, and they come out and bring you your food to you.
1: Won't even talk to you, huh?
0: Yeah, oh, barely a word. I mean, the one person you talk to is friendly, and I can uh, manage dealing with, with one person, which is nice, and uh, I got a gift bag that included a few goodies.
1: Oh, excellent.
0: So I don't know if that's available down in your neck of the woods, but uh, certainly up here in Missoula.
1: I believe it is um i haven't tried to give too much business to walmart in that regard i've probably given them more business than i'd like to admit of course we all have in that regard but uh, i mean where else can
0: i get a car battery and cheese
1: sometimes you're gonna need both
0: although i found out because i looked because this was a uh, a need i had you cannot buy a car battery um for the curbside pickup <laughs> they uh, do not do that Ooh. they they also wouldn't recycle my oil on the back some but, safety issues there i imagine <laughs> yeah maybe Ooh. so um well let's uh move on to the i guess the big subject matter of the the show which was being lives that matter we're gonna you know take a tour and discuss some law enforcement issues around the state and uh as well as um you know some other law enforcement uh topics, we'll say. Uh, but first, let's dive into police pay, because Great Falls is looking for, uh, looks like, a few new police officers, and I uh, went through and I, you know, rounded up the pay for uh, most of the main cities. Unfortunately, there's not much data for our, our smaller counties and cities uh unfortunately. But uh, looks like they started an average, uh, you know, mid-50s, so about 55000 for Great Falls. Uh, Mis- Missoula and Bozeman are higher. I think Bozeman, almost 59000 This is for a second year out of the Academy Cobb, so essentially right when you're out of the Academy. And uh, Billings, uh, you know, bottom of the barrel uh, of the main cities at, uh, you know, almost fifty-four. So 53766 for for paying. Of course, that's just... Pay, not counting um, anything negotiated by the unions, such as uh, you know PTO and uh, vacation time. Great Falls, I uh, think they have you know, a pretty luxurious package and pensions. So pensions and four hundred one ks, so they're they're pretty well taken care of. And fifty five k is a decent chunk of money, especially for Great Falls.
1: Absolutely, uh, compared to what I've seen for trying to think where it was even at i saw a smaller jail once that was had an ad out for uh just a jailer position i believe it was co officer and i want to say it was like around maybe 15 1550 or so and it seemed a little low for doing that kind of work
0: well jailers uh, are different than uh than off well they're still officers right but they're uh
1: Believe so. Well, yeah, in that regard, I guess you would take the step up from correctional officer to, like, uh, patrol
0: officer. But, uh. Is there a direct line there? I thought of. You know, I'm not sure. I've known. You don't uh,
1: have to. It, it It's a something. It, it's kind of like a degree in that regard of, like, you don't need it for the job necessarily, but if you have it, it's going to raise eyebrows a bit more. Uh, interest.
0: Because I've known people who were, um, you know, seemingly born to be, uh, Law enforcement and they started it at the jail in, in some regard. And, and some of them uh, unfortunately never made it into uh, uh, well, of course, the jail is law enforcement, but uh, real law enforcement, as in a, uh, a sworn officer with uh, a police department. So I see. So I'm not sure if it's you know what, maybe something else to research. I, I don't know if it's a direct walk or if it's different agencies or, or uh, whatnot over there.
1: Yeah, uh law enforcement it, you know, I think we should just be flat out honest here, Jim. It's uh department we really don't have a whole lot of experience in because we haven't had to deal with them a whole lot in that <laughs> in any sort of capacity that's been uh that most people would, you know?
0: Yeah, speak for yourself, Bryce. I'm a regular renegade criminal over here. Whew. Jeez,
1: the is going to be listening to this, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, it's uh part of my community works. i got to get in your hour each night. Uh, but, but I must say, though, with all of this, Billings, man, I would be furious if I found out that those assholes in Missoula were making, you know, 4000 more, it looks like, almost.
0: Well, yeah, 4000 a year more. Uh, you know, a decent, decent chunk in Billings is, you know, not that much cheaper than... Uh Well, it's cheaper than Missoula, but I'd be more concerned about Great Falls. Great Falls, I think, has a lower cost of living than Billings, and uh, those guys are uh, sitting pretty good comparatively. Indeed.
1: Uh, Just from the the amount of shit that we see in the news for uh, Billings, well, I guess all of these areas do have their fair share of interesting news pieces regarding criminals. However, i got to say that uh, Billings seems like it's its own special uh, place of chaos in that regard.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, at one time was the meth capital per capita of the, uh, of the world, so I don't it's know if, uh, yeah, I don't know if Haver's taken that title or if, uh, <laughs> or where that is. Per capita, of course, uh, maybe not a major hub, but, yeah, actually, I don't know, that's uh, probably a question for the Billings Police.
1: I don't think it's something they like to be, uh, spouting off as, uh, I don't think it's a title they're proud of uh you know telling people about.
0: Well, um and with pay, of course, uh, that pay as I mentioned was uh negotiated by, you know, unions and that is a a second year pay and I found that it uh you know generally it tops out as far as it, based on longevity and um I guess not performance or anything else, um just seniority um and it sort of tops out for most of these places close to 80 or right around there. And that number, um, it looks like that pay raises are negotiated by the union, uh, based on consumer price index, uh, and some other figures. So that figure actually goes up every year. So the 80 K that you're making after 30 years on the force is, uh, you know, the same 80 K of purchasing power, you know, 10 more years in the future, which is, you know, nice on them. Indeed. But of course there are some discrepancies here and we wanted to discuss the, uh, some of the people that uh, are usually uh, are forgotten, which is uh, police dispatchers, who are also union. Uh, you know, I'm not sure which union they're, they're usually in. It's probably a different one than, than the actual uh, beat cops and et cetera, but there is a uh, you know a big discrepancy between uh, dispatcher pay and, between, and officer pay. And uh, they arguably have more things to keep track of and they're heavily exposed to the same traumas. I mean, except for physical traumas, uh, I guess they deal with more of the uh, mental and emotional aspects of of the job,
1: they absolutely do, just in the sense that you know the chaos is going to hit them first off because that person that's calling in that chaotic moment is going to hit them right away. Uh, so uh, they have to deal with a lot of that first time, uh, the, the jitters, I guess, and before they relay it off, uh, which you know is the whole point of the dispatcher being there. Can you imagine? That call having to go out to a patrol officer directly? Like, that guy would just be a mess. Like, they'd be going through police left and right. Anybody going through that kind of stress, you
0: know? It definitely takes a special kind of person, and um, I guess there's not enough of them, because pretty much everywhere I looked, uh, just about anywhere you live, if uh, you're qualified to be a police dispatcher, you could be one, because they are uh, you know, starving for people in most locations, it feels like.
1: Yeah, as long as you're trustworthy there and uh, can keep it together in crazy situations and make sure that you can dial out and keep track of things all at once, uh, you know, you're the person for the job. Well, so. A special
0: person, but I found on average they're going to pay you uh, five to eight dollars less than a uh, actual uh, sworn-in officer.
1: Which, to hear that, I can understand why a lot of people would just rather not, and why you see a lot of people throwing the towel after so long of, like, I just can't do it anymore.
0: I'll go be a crossing guard or, you know, something <laughs> where, <laughs> something where it, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, back when I was uh, going to school, uh, I'm pretty clumsy and accident-prone, but uh, when I started going to school, I was going with the intent of being a nurse. They make decent money, but uh, at some point in the... Uh, middle I decided that I shouldn't do any job where my mistakes cost people lives so I'm also not a police dispatcher (laughs) in that same line
1: yeah no it's way too way too much responsibility in that regard and uh, to be put into that direct line of not fire but responsibility uh, just thinking about it raises blood pressure so yeah no thank you Uh, pass uh best of luck and all the most respect to you for uh, getting that job
0: done you know and i have uh you know had the opportunity to see them uh work once or twice i was uh, in a different life i was doing some work up near uh browning building work uh and it happened to be the uh municipal building and i guess at the time they were moving the you know 911 center from one derelict building to another and i wasn't there uh do anything of consequence, of course, but I was there, and the building at the time, when I was there, didn't have any plumbing. I just remember some of the officers, uh, you know, came in and they uh, had the six-pack and a pound from Taco John's, which is uh, maybe the only restaurant in Browning right now, not counting the uh, casino. Is there anything else up in Browning right now, Bryce? I thought they had a subway. Yeah, I'm not sure which one is swear worse, to God, they have a actually. subway.
1: But yeah, the town pump I think constitutes...
0: Uh oh, that should be a restaurant. I every time that Town Pump is uh on point. Yeah, it yeah, is. They do. chicken
1: wings there before. It's pretty yeah,
0: good. Chicken wings and they have the best corn dogs. Uh they're they're always on point with their food at the Town Pump. So, if you're looking for a good uh, gas station burrito, Browning Town Pump is where it's at.
1: Indeed. Uh top-notch, especially compared to I got to say the Plentywood Town Pump which um, I saw someone get a gas station from really late at night once, and uh, oh, well, you know, I mean, any gas station dog at 2 a.m. is going to be a risky decision, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's a
0: dirty dog for sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was. Well, um, so I was working um in the proximity of these uh, dispatchers and officers, and the uh, I was there for some time, and these group of officers had to leave and then come back as they you know had work to do throughout the town but they got a six-pack and a pound or actually several of them because they were feeding a a, i don't want to say a whole tribe of them huh that sounds terrible but a bunch of people and uh so at one point i had to go down to the iga which is the only grocery store over in uh in browning oh what did they
1: change it to it's like a family
0: grocery now or something is it is it no longer an iga i
1: forget it's got it, it looks like it's another
0: um maybe it's glacier family or something how low of a bar is it that you can't be an IGA anymore?
1: No, no, it's not like a bar lowering. Like, it, like the place has been remodeled. Like, it was oh, bought out by thank- an
0: independent venture that, like, put
1: money into it. Uh, it looked pretty good last time I was there.
0: Oh, well, this is, a. Uh, it was still an IGA when I was there, I believe. So this is quite some time ago. And, um, I had gone down there to pick up some... Um, cleaning supplies. And while I'm driving down the main drag, I just hear these, uh, the siren going off. Of course, pull over and I see this cop, you know, it's the esque, not the Escalade Excursion, you know, the large, uh, police vehicles that they have. Just zoom by and he's, uh, you know, really trucking it like somebody's getting murdered. And, uh, I eventually get to the, uh, you know, Glacier, IGA, whatever it is, and I, I'm in there because there's no plumbing in there, so I'm also planning to use the bathroom. I walk the, uh, <laughs> I pull up and the car is still out front, just parked sideways with its lights still on. (laughs) Officer's not in there. I was like, oh, geez, there must be something wrong here. But I see people still walking in and out of the place like nothing is awry. I walk in, go back to the bathroom, and I uh, see that officer, uh, you know, come out and sort of wipe his hands on his shirt. Uh, It's like, yeah, Taco John's, six pack and a pound. (laughs) Big emergencies in Browning.
1: Sometimes those lights really come in handy, you know.
0: You know, was, you, you just can't wait, and uh, yeah, another building with no water. <laughs> but, uh, speaking of native uh, law enforcement, uh, the Hardin Jail, or or lack there, the Two Rivers Jail, as they call it, uh, looks like that was built with, uh, barn, bond money, which is basically a loan against future mineral taxes, uh, all of which did not come to fruition because of, you know, the coal turned down and the transition to clean coal. Um, but it took uh, about a decade to get any inmates uh, because the state didn't want any out-of-state inmates uh, in this jail. Uh, specifically Brian Schweitzer uh, with the state, which is you know, interesting that they would uh, prohibit that, which sort of uh, you know, put the nail in the coffin for this jail. And it's, uh, and there also, there's a bond measure out. They want to expand the other jail, not the Two Rivers jail, but the other jail in Hardin. So there's two jails in Hardin. <laughs> It's, uh,
1: the prison industrial complex is uh, afoot in Hardin, yeah. it would appear.
0: Yep. Speaking of that uh, complex, uh, for a short period of time, it looks like a company based out of uh, California. looks like uh, American Police Incorporated or, or something like that uh, uh, was planning to take over the jail to uh, make it a military training ground. or American Police Force Corporation uh, out of California. Uh, eventually found out that uh, the guy running it was a fraudster. He um sounds like when they first showed up, they had Mercedes and they labeled them city of Hardin Police. but uh, of course, Hardin Police hasn't existed for some thirty more years.
1: I don't think so. that the Mercedes would be their first choice uh, the closest dealership to get that serviced at is Missoula, I
0: believe <laughs>
1: Unless yeah, there's a, one in uh, I don't think uh, there's one
0: it's in one Bill. in Bill. I don't think so. Uh, I I am not sure, but uh, you, say? you know a Mercedes uh, the the G wagon. Um, you know it's the fastest SUV you can get, I believe. So hmm. uh, it might uh, be <laughs> be effective for them. So uh, the American Police uh force corporation uh pulled out after uh some shady happenings were uh, discovered about him. That he was in fact a previous fraudster and probably a a current fraudster and. uh Brian Schweitzer had some hard words about the city, uh, city officials in Harden, uh, many of whom are still city officials in Harden.
1: Yeah, uh, not much changes in Harden, usually it sounds like.
0: Yeah, you know, stay of the course, uh, we already got this jail, don't change horses midstream. Jeez,
1: currently BIA is in control and operating it.
0: Yep, the BIA is in charge of that, uh. Uh, of which of course was sort of a sore subject uh, specifically for the Crow who were in that region because a lot of Crow are, are housed there simply for proximity but Hardin is uh, a decent distance away from the reservation it's uh, I guess far enough to be an inconvenience to uh, Crow families and such so they uh a source of contention for the Crow but they eventually uh, approved it and uh, Harden is currently uh, asking for a bond measure to expand the other older jail because um, they say it's you know too costly to use the Two Rivers Jail uh, since they only need a uh, 100 inmates to be housed instead of uh, the 430-plus that Two Rivers can handle. Wow. geez, someone had really big aspirations for this
1: place. Uh, I can see definitely why I... Swi- was it Schweitzer or was it Bullock?
0: Uh, Schweitzer. Schweitzer. T-
1: Man, Schweitzer. That guy just went down with quite the uh, legacy there. I can see why he would uh, want to turn down out-of-state... Uh, prisoners for that one. We don't want you to bring your muck here. You know, it's the same reason that people don't want, um, you know, the immigration thing to happen right now. So I could see him gaining a whole lot of Montana support for that. You know, get out of here with your uh, Maryland criminals. Uh, We we don't want any of them here.
0: (laughs) Maryland criminals. Yeah, them specifically from Maryland.
1: (laughs) Any sort of wrongdoer from Maryland,
0: potentially, you know. And that is another sort of contention. 430 people here, and that doesn't seem like a whole lot, uh, but those people whom are housed in the jail um, are considered residents of the county they're in. So 430 oh. more people in Hardin has potential to increase their uh, their political clout in, in Helena. However, those 430 people, of course, do not get to vote.
1: No, I was going to say, they're all just uh, not here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Man, that seems weird to count them as. Uh, as, as can we do a two-thirds thing? Is there something like that we've tried before? Uh, or three-fifths? What was that?
1: <laughs> whatever it was, it was. Uh, it- Legal but immoral, and uh, this kind of feels like it's treading around that same type, but, you know, that's what you get a whole lot of when you touch on anything with the industrial, or the prison industrial complex, as it's called, which it sounds like there would be a whole hell of a lot of that involved with this, considering there's two jails in this town.
0: Yeah, a lot of it, they're definitely, uh, you know, patting the population, and another uh, concern that probably was a, a slighter concern is uh, we don't want to be the as oh, the australia for uh, the rest of the country i guess so oh, that <laughs> those that don't get the reference check, australia was Schweitzer. a prison <laughs> he didn't say that i said that oh. um yes uh, but we don't want to be the australia for uh, the u.s at large and uh, a lot of these people that uh, get out of prison um uh, especially those that are really serious about you know changing their ways and etc uh, cho- choose a big change of venue. Um some of these people actually stay in the areas that they were released from. You don't have to go back to where you came from. Pending parole and other things, of course. So
1: indeed, and if it's a community that they've grown to uh, become accustomed to and hasn't treated them like complete outcasts because of their criminal status, then you know, I could see why they would be more inclined to stick around.
0: So, civil forfeiture. Um that has been a law. For those that uh, are not in the know on that, uh, that uh, is a law that states uh, that if you're just if there's reasonable suspicion that you- something you have it's essentially putting your property in contention and on trial um, is either the fruits or has been used in a crime it could be confiscated by the authorities so for example if you're pulled over and you are carrying you know a couple thousand dollars of cash for for some reason and the officer you know has a reason to believe that it's uh, you know drug money or you're going to use it to purchase or distribute drugs they have uh, full legal right to take that from you and to get it back uh, you have to essentially go to court you're and you've got to combat your property It's a weird legal concept Your property is accused of a crime
1: Yeah, it's really fucked in that regard um, Gosh, just thinking about it just makes my whole body tingle Ugh. Some real uh, Federal Reserve nonsense here fact that they can do that because it's not even necessarily yours because it's considered just debt that you're holding on to if i'm thinking of that correctly right yeah you, you... It, it's not your money it's uh debt to the federal reserve that you just happen to be in possession of at that current time
0: yeah, exactly.
1: And Which, if they want to forfeit that from you, they're within their legal right as a representative of the Federal Reserve, even though they're not currently technically the Federal Reserve. It's, God, it's a really weird system. Uh, the Fed It's is a hard concept called. to
0: wrap your head around, too. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, your zeitgeist. property has been have accused you, have of Have
1: you seen trial. Zeitgeist? Let's put on our tinfoil caps here real quick. uh
0: yeah, we're going to go far right on this. So or, or left, Ooh. I don't know. Where do those people lie? Uh, <laughs>
1: this, is the, this is where they kind of hold hands to cross through the river of conspiracy craziness. Uh, but then they sort of hang out in the river for a few hours, you know. Uh, zeitgeist, I want to say it was like maybe two and a half hours, three hours or so.
0: Um, I have not seen it, but it, uh, it sounds it, like I'm missing out on it, Jim.
1: Well, uh, you can find it on YouTube like everything else. Go ahead and add it to your Montana Voices podcast playlist at this point. Maybe I should add that. I think I can add, uh, like, favorites of videos to our channel that will show up. So maybe I'll, I'll tag that in this. We'll tag it in the description.
0: Uh, oh, man. In, in description. We're going to get on those people. But you know what? You know Their money spends the same. So Indeed. You know, regardless,
1: regardless, though, um, let me get back to it there. It was just enlightening because it does touch on how the Federal Reserve was created in... Uh, works and all that so it's been years since i've watched it i'll have to go back and watch it now and probably regret everything i just said because it was pretty fucking crazy in every other regard of a film but um had some things were fairly eyebrow raising at least so yeah that sucks federal federal (laughs) civil forfeiture like
0: that don't try on uh, me affects people especially when you're uh pulled over and i know somebody that this has happened to and uh, i think for obvious reasons he uh wasn't willing to come forward at the time um this is a gentleman that i i had sent off to buy a this disclaimer this was well over 20 years ago i think uh, i had sent him off to buy a marginal amount of weed and statue the, limitations is gone on that yeah and i was under 18 so this is a. Uh, also, a minor, I can't I can't be helped. So I sent him a, it, it, it was a marginal amount. It was like a hundred bucks or something. And then he goes off for a while. We don't hear from him. we in, we you know try to track him down. I and mean, this is before the age of cell phones as well. Uh, eventually he he turns up and he says, um he was walking on the street. The police saw him, and they uh, took all of his money, and none of us could believe it. We were very mad at him. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I would be mad too.
0: <laughs> Did you so you guys beat him up, right? Uh, well, how many crimes am I going to admit to here, Bryce? That's uh,
1: snitches get stitches. I tell you that.
0: So uh, we had a break stern talking rule. with his mother. Yeah, that, that for sure. <laughs> um, but apparent that actually did happen. And I, I chatted with him again and sort of uh, <laughs> messaged him out of the blue. I was like, "Hey, remember that time that?" Uh, I sent you to buy weed, and you said the cops stole, stole your money? I was like, yes! I was like, alright, so that actually happened. Because uh, either way, I don't care at this point, obviously. Um, but yeah, that actually happened, and they cited the same thing. They He didn't have anything on him, um, but he sort of looked like a, uh, you know, definitely a punk at the time. And they assumed this money was going to be used for a crime, and they were correct. And they uh, s- said confiscated that money, so...
1: At that point, though, so, you know, that's the fucked up thing, though, is that they can take it if they don't, without the full, uh, just going off of the assumption that you're probably going to use it to buy drugs. So, uh, fuck, it's just illegal to be homeless now, it sounds like, like, what, you can't look even a little bit grungy and if you got a couple bucks on you, are you, gonna, <laughs> are you sure you're going to go buy food for yourself to eat there, junkie?
0: Absolutely. Well, there there is some good news here, because in 2015, Montana, resi- we, we changed the civil law on this, and we're actually ahead of quite a few states on this. Um, they can still do civil forfeiture. However, that civil forfeiture must be associated with an actual crime that you're being charged with. So instead of just saying, you, you know, you. I don't like your patches and your jacket. Um, you're definitely gonna buy weed, so I'm taking your money. Um, they actually have to charge you with a crime related to this money, such as you know, you know, possession with intent or, or, or something along those lines. However, we are still getting a D minus rating from who are these the people that do the civil forfeiture thing. I had the link there. Uh, independent uh, Justice Review, IJI.org. dot org. It's a weird. <laughs> Abbreviation. We get a D-minus from them um, because they state that uh, you know they are against the state keeping 100% of the funds when they do do a civic forfeiture. But uh, once again, I'll point out that the property cannot be taken without a conviction of a crime. So I'm going to call BS on that rating.
1: Yeah, it's a little fishy there. Uh, Jim, I got to ask there, you say uh, patches or jacket, if they don't like that. Uh <laughs> you had a crust punk buy your weed for you, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, hey, maybe, uh, just, uh, maybe. just go down to, just, just give me some weed. And he's like, yeah, sure, man. And, uh, I, I just picture Fred Armisen from Portlandia buying you weed and getting stopped by a cop.
0: You know, that's, that's pretty accurate actually. Um, yeah, well, in, in hindsight, uh, there's, uh, <laughs> better ways to get weed, especially nowadays. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking of weed, <laughs> just about at the store, uh, the Blackfeet uh, are, are fighting the feds, especially the BIA, over weed because uh, the, the Blackfeet uh, did vote to allow medicinal marijuana. Um, but the BIA just said, uh, yeah, how about no? <laughs> and I didn't know that they could do that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that, uh, I mean, when you, anytime you drive on to the res. They always have the signs of like you are now on federal land there, you know, and you're subject I forget what the law is, um terror ordinance, I believe it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I am I'm am not sure I'll have to report it uh, is
1: essentially it, it means like uh, you know, you're this is federal land, uh <laughs> you're being watched at a federal level while you're here. Um as you've seen, what that really means is if you get pulled over and you're not a tribal member; they're just gonna wait for a non-tribal member to come
0: deal with you, but um... or most likely not deal with you at all, depending on potentially, the,
1: um, you know. But if there's a federal officer in the area, by golly, you're fucked. So um, I just yeah, I, I always knew that the tribe was kind of overheld by the feds in that regard. And that's why up until this point, all of the reservations, it's been illegal to, for me- medical marijuana or recreational marijuana for that matter. Um, for Blackfeet to vote on it, I thought that they had to clear that with the BIA first to before they could even do a vote on it. So,
0: Well, that, that goes against the, the logic and the spirit of independent sovereign or domestic dependent nation or whatever verbiage they put in there. The, but it the, definitely has the word sovereign in there. Independent, de, depe, <laughs> yeah. domestic dependent nation. So they're dependent on the nation around it, obviously. Um, but independent goes against that.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's really weird. And the way that they uh, kind of just. I feel like this is a the way they're keeping their grasp over the tribe. And I, I feel it's a little. Uh, yeah, it's a little messed up, you know, because. Uh, Like you said, they're supposed to be sovereign. They're trying to do their own thing there. Uh, They're trying to get with the times like we see so many other states doing right now. It's not going to be very long before everybody's on board with this. They're just trying to get on board with it as well, currently. Uh, Probably to help out their economy right now. Gosh, shocking. They want to do something to uh, make things better in their community? Phew. Um, so they proposed this. Everybody seemed to be on board with it within the community. Uh, they pushed it up upstairs to the paper pushers at the federal level, and they came back and said no because Uncle Sam is just not down with the green yet.
0: Oh, I believe the BIA is the law enforcement agency on the Blackfeet Reservation since uh, Browning No Lumber has a police force or a town maybe? Uh, I'm still not sure about that. As with a lot of things, it's uh, uh, as far as native matters. It's you know complex and very intertwined, and and sometimes seemingly doesn't make any logical sense. I see. Really, should give it some sort of correspondent over there.
1: Do you have any family members over on the Blackfeet Reservation?
0: In Browning, unfortunately, I do not. uh, We are further west on the Flathead. I see. So yeah, I don't really have an insight there, but of course the the flat of the Salish Kootenai and uh and Browning and as well as the Crow uh, all of the reservations completely different. Like the Hellgate Treaty of 1855 I was reading through that language cuz I was on a uh, a state park where they had you know a sign and I read it to the kids so they can be educated. <laughs> they they weren't thrilled but uh you know some of the language i think towards the end of the hellgate treaty of 1855 uh, you know basically says that natives have to be nice to white people which is a, a weird thing to have in a treaty
1: that sounds like something that uh how 18 hundreds of us
0: uh, and to uh, yeah provide passage also stuff for roads and and things like that but basically to to be nice i i understand the spirit of not warring i suppose uh, although i don't yeah, I'm not even sure what sort of war the, uh, the Salish and i had. Well, you time, know, so. when
1: you invented the newspaper, you can print whatever the fuck you want in the newspaper. So they uh, really just painted a really negative portrait overall. And then on top of that, when you dominate and paint a negative portrait, uh, you can then point your bloodied finger at them and say, look what you did, you son of a bitch. And, uh, you know, what... What can they do but say, all right, fine, quit killing us, Uh, yeah, write write whatever you want, we'll sign it, you know. So I could see uh, 1800s white America dropping in some crazy literature to make themselves seem like they were the white knights in the whole situation
0: of course the white knights oh well, we skipped a few steps uh, first you have to uh, kill 90% of them with germs because they have no immunity to the diseases that you contacted from animals uh. because you lived in a literal cesspool in Europe <laughs> sorry bro <laughs> of course not not intentional but then you you get the, the blankets things later on and it's you know it might as well have been intentional it was uh was our intent? I'll say our intent, I suppose. Ah, jeez, uh, this is <laughs> this is going to a dark place, I guess. Ah, uh,
1: uh, yeah, we should call this episode t- uh, ten, the dark place here.
0: Yeah, but uh, well, <laughs> getting darker on the high incarceration rate of natives. Um, there seems to be disproportionate enforcement as well as uh, uh, convictions of natives. Uh, is there? Or the ACLU seems to think so, and they're they're. Know, have been making an issue of this for some time um, and of course uh, you know the law tries to be blind but anybody that's ever dealt with the law can tell you that it's not and uh, definitely not in my opinion I don't want to speak ill of our uh, any specific officer or agency but I can tell you that there is a uh, disparity to how you're treated depending uh, on a number of things such as uh, you know how much money you have, for example, or or where you're coming from. So, I would not be surprised if they were able to document some of these injustices there.
1: For certain. I assume that uh, skin color also probably comes into play at some point. In some regards.
0: Well, absolutely. And also, I suppose who is doing the enforcing? I mean, we talked something about our local PDs where... Uh, you know, those are people that there's a sheriff that you can vote in. There's meetings that you can go to. There's people you can talk to. That you know, when you're dealing talking about PDS, it's or the police department, it's you know somebody that might be your neighbor or somebody that at least lives in your community. Um, when you get more abstract from that and you start talking about you know highway patrol, where you're working with somebody that uh, you, you definitely have never met before, you have no idea where they're come, and you get to the federal level where there's I guess not that liability. I mean, the BAA enforcing laws in your land. Um who's in charge of the BAA? Of course, the federal government, but these aren't people you can vote for, and if you, you know, have a complaint to make, uh, you know, who do you even talk to? And will they even care? I'm going to say most likely not.
1: Yeah, it's uh I imagine that would be an intimidating phone call trail to make in the first place.
0: Are you yeah, you know, I'm still not sure even whom to call. But speaking of other things that uh, might be disproportionate, uh, Gazette did a piece, uh, the Bill and Gazette, on how a uh, you know Montana priest and the bad ones got specifically dumped on reservations, which uh,
1: yeah, I could definitely see that happening as well. There, um, you see a lot of scandals kick up about stuff like that. Um, it, Specifically for the reservations, I want to say, uh, I think it was South Dakota, North Dakota. There was a documentary as well there about how, uh, back in like the uh, early 1900s eras, uh, they had a lot of that happening. Well, that was before they were raping
0: them, or, uh, or uh
1: I think currently, you know, or not currently, I guess, just should should say that's a bad word, but, uh,
0: um, yeah, and you know At probably time, currently. <laughs> probably. I mean, how much has the Catholic Church really done to clean up here? I mean, some people are they they are coming out. They are being be transparent that says these are the things that we did. Um, but these things were happening in the 90s and early 2000s before uh, you know, probably even after the big uh, you know, Catholic scandal came out.
1: Yeah, um I don't know. That's another topic Jim that I really don't have uh, a whole lot of experience in, in the regards of like, I'm not a Catholic, I guess. And uh, it always seemed to me like a weird entity in the sense that it's got structure, but a really weird structure to it. Like, there's no. um, There's no like. Is there a Catholic website? Is there like a Catholic.com?
0: There is a Catholic.com. Is there really? Um, Yeah, but there is a probably registered the same place as uh, Jehovah's Witnesses.com. JW. JW.org? JW.org. You know, well, because that's what,
1: Well, because, yeah, that, that's my background is the JWs, and um, it was to a T structured um, everything down to the books that they uh, would write after the fact to translate how the Bible was written and what the Bible meant to say to you. Um, so... You know, that, that, that's more what I was accustomed to with religion. And so when I saw things with the Catholic Church and stuff like this, for me, t- to see it from that perspective, I it seems like it would be a big issue that would be very hard to control because, uh, like, do they, the, uh... they all really call back to the Vatican? Does the Vatican control all of these p- places?
0: yes and no um being of i guess mexican descent uh somewhat familiar with the catholic church uh you know more than i'd like to but i feel that the uh now i'm not advocating for jehovah's witnesses or uh the clan over there but i will say that they uh they get a bad rap as being compared to a cult whereas that same lens is not applied to the catholic church which which probably should be in my opinion uh once again not advocating for jehovah's witnesses or uh any religions, while I talk crap on both of them.
1: Well, Jim, you know, the thing they say about it, well, a couple things they say about a cult, what's the difference between a cult and a uh, religion? A tax break. Um, And then on top of that, uh, how can you tell if you're in a cult or if you are in a religion is uh, the reaction of your fellow members when you tell them you're thinking about leaving?
0: Well, you, uh, you know, came up in the the J-dubs, but uh, sounds like you guys got out uh, just fine. But I understand that the rest of the folks uh, don't think you're out. You're just uh, estranged or something along those lines. Inactive, did,
1: I believe is the term.
0: Inactive. Um But did they do anything to bring you back? I mean, I imagine they, you know, brought you a Pollock or something uh, you know, immediately they're, after. But. They're
1: still, you know, if I see any of them in public, I'm sure they'd be like, hey, yeah. Uh, coming back anytime soon the normal stuff you'd see but it's about for me which you would expect from you know if you saw your pastor at your church here in great falls after you hadn't been there in you know a few months or whatever and you're like hey where you been you know uh but really nothing more than that for me but other people it's a much more darker tale down that jw path for others um it just and, you know on on that regard in the uh reservation dumping ground there the j dubs just recently had a huge lawsuit where they lost millions uh in a settlement to a couple of people in Thompson Falls for doing things very similar to this in which they tried to cover up and Make allegations of pedophilia go away.
0: You know, unfortunate, and I've heard less about that from the uh, the J Dub. So hopefully, it was uh, less of an issue. uh, We could hope, or an isolated incident, uh, or also, Uh. but uh, not familiar enough with it to say either way.
1: Yeah, no, we, uh, I mean, really, it's a fascinating topic that we could really just have an entire other podcast series dedicated to it. We'll probably trickle in some more topics about it later on within the show, I imagine, but, um, you know, I don't want to delve the whole show into it at the moment, but it, th- this just happened to bring up thoughts of that is why.
0: Yep, so, you know, as late as the early... 2000s, uh, Catholics are still doing that. Of course, the Catholics have a, a lot of things uh, going on, but uh, I guess I will be forthcoming and say the one thing they don't have going on is God. So uh, I guess we'll leave it at that. And uh, I, of course, uh, I'm not a Catholic. Uh, I'm some sort of Christian of, of sorts, and you're uh, more secular, as I understand.
1: Uh- I'd reach out and touch Faith in my own way, certainly. Uh,
0: you know, that's almost uncomfortable. It's almost as bad when we uh, talked about who we were voting for in uh, episode three or four.
1: Oh, oh man. It's cringy early episodes there. You know, i that's a good point to uh, make there, too, is that this is episode 10. Uh, I'd just like to give ourselves a round of applause. A lot of people that I see trying to podcasts like this usually don't make it very far. You'll see like episode 1 and 2 trickle in And then a 3 and a 4 6 months down the road and then it just dies On all of these channels uh, We're trying to be really consistent here And I feel like we're finally past that breaking point We're hit the double digits in our episode
0: list here double Where digits. I think that
1: we're going to start Picking up more and more steam
0: Yep, absolutely I'm looking forward to it Um, you know, the, Lots of small things happen uh, To make this uh, a reality And lots of uh, small steps had to be taken To make it even better than it is, so uh, we'll get there. But uh, as far as things coming together, The Blaze and CRTV on our national discussion.
1: Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, let me take a moment to uh, choke on the irony here. Uh, <laughs> we have two uh, largely independent uh, conservative outlets um, very big on being on their own offshoots not tied to anything mainstream media or any sort of group. No one tells these fellas what to do. And here they are uh, trying to piece together their change to put the bill through the mail. Um, You know, it's going to be not very long here before the band's all back together and they're going to be touring under the old name of Fox
0: News. It'll be Fox Digital Media or, or, or something to that effect. It's going to be, like... We know um, a News. lot of these guys We're gonna are... We're going to take out the O. <laughs> exactly. But uh, a lot of these guys, especially uh, Glenn Black, uh, <laughs> Glenn Beck, yeah, not Black, uh, oh, owner, host, uh, CEO, whatever he is, to uh, the Blaze News, obviously the bane content converter. Um, the Blaze was definitely in decline, in my opinion. Um, they lost uh, Tomy or, or fouled her. And, of course, she did the natural progression, which oh, is they to go to fired Fox News. Her. Yeah, they fired they her, I, fired I, I recall. Her. Them, uh, Fire, fired her good yeah. Yep, she uh,
1: flat out said that women should be able to have abortions on the view and man I tell you what I'll bet you that uh, old Glenn boy there had texted her the second she got off of that set saying don't come into work tomorrow
0: yeah we have a box we're mailing it to your house with your possessions That's that's it <laughs> yeah
1: it will be outside so uh, that
0: had to be uh, yeah I, I do recall that uh, and then it's sort of been going down since then i mean uh, especially on social media you don't see those same um tidbits or the one the, the one minute tomies or whatever they called them um i forget what we're saying oh was final that, thoughts yeah final thoughts uh but as far as i knew there were no initial thoughts but uh, you know one thing at a time <laughs> So uh, she's at Fox News, and I, I look forward to her getting fired from there and going to NBC, uh, such as Meg Kelly did. So we'll look forward to that in the future. And
1: Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. She's, um... Wow, she really... It, it's weird to see her on there now, because when she was on The Blaze, she was filled with so much angst, and a lot of times so now, anger. they'll have her on... She has her own show, it seems, at nighttime... I'll have to go look at the actual schedule to see what time she's on. But I believe her time slot is scheduled for around the evening hours. And she'll usually be more aggressive in those segments, i found. But occasionally they'll have her on for Fox and Friends in the morning hours. Like super, super early. And you can tell that that gal needs some sleep. And, you know, consistently. Because some mornings she gets up and it's a whole different Tomy. She's uh, really... You know, calm, uh, not fired up.
0: You know they have to keep her pretty sedated. <laughs> it's. To I, I feel like have her they, presentable for network. I feel team. like
1: right before they go on air, she goes on air. There's the uh, someone just comes up to her with an iPad and here, uh, this was for you. And then it's just a compilation video of Hassan Piker, <laughs>
0: uh, Hassan from. Uh, the, the Young Turks, uh, I believe it was.
1: Indeed, her uh, arch-nemesis there. I believe they would uh, always go at it. Who are it. not
0: combining with anybody as of right now, by the way.
1: No, they're uh, living large. They're off of independent donations through their YouTube channel.
0: I donations, believe. and they also do have a membership. Uh, oh, yes, uh, they have schemes. the premium membership thing
1: that's, like, independent of YouTube. Crazy how they're allowed to get away with that, but, you know, that's why I guess YouTube's... Uh, really cool in that regard. Just wish that alphabet would be able to, you know, branch out that kind of uh versatility and workability to their other platforms looking at you Google Music.
0: Yeah, well, you know Google loves making things, so um but not keeping them Hangouts is going away, uh, I found out, which is going to be troubling for us in the future, but Indeed. Maybe getting too much into the national scene there and too much into the, the geek scene. Uh, roll it back in with Biden in Missoula, perhaps making a first step or a bid for the 2020 Democratic nomination.
1: I'm so down. Uh, I've had a lot of people tell me that it's not a good idea or anything because of his age, that's going to be a factor, I believe. However...
0: Isn't he only a couple years older than Trump?
1: I believe so. The presidential election, they're saying, is going to be another, like, two years out, though. And so that'll put him even that much further.
0: Yeah, well, they're, they're all old. I mean, we almost voted for Bob Dole, as I recall. Indeed. And- <laughs>
1: uh, you know, and I think that you you would see a lot of people back Biden just given that, you know, we've we've seen the man's track record. We know what this guy can do. But, um, you know, I think you're going to get him up there in the final rounds, and it's going to be him up against Beto, and that's where you're going to see, uh, some contention, I guess. I don't know. The the whole the left-wing ticket's going to be a wild card this time around because you're going to have those two. You got Bernie with the steel chair, potentially, at any given point, um... Who
0: else? Uh, speaking of people too old to run, my Indeed. goodness. Uh. uh,
1: Hillary. Oh, oh. Hillary could <laughs> still be in there, you know? Um, sh- people have been asking her, and, like, she's uh, made a couple jokes. What was it? She said that she was thinking about running for parliament, and, man, the crowd just roared with laughter. Uh, the Facebook did not. They just roared instead. But, um... Uh, who else? Uh, Cory Booker has talked about it. Kamala Harris, I believe, has uh, the gal from New York that everyone hates. Uh, Cor- uh, Alexan- Alexandria, or yeah, Alexandria or Cortez, Cazio. Cortez <laughs> or Casio
0: or Casio. You know, people in Montana appear to be awfully concerned about what happens to her in New York. Very much which so. Is very um, interesting to me.
1: Usually, people in Montana are of of, of the mindset of "fuck New York." You guys New suck. York City? New York City? You mean, fuck you guys. Uh, you know, and I stand by that. Fuck New York. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I
0: say that... I've about. never been, but I'll, I'll take your word. Well, you know, I,
1: it's an alright place. My, I have a lot of family that lives from New York, and my family, both of my parents are actually from New York, so my entire family hails from the New York area. But I can tell you that I, as a Montana-born citizen... Uh, really don't like big cities. It, they freak me out. The population density there is a huge issue, and I can see why there's so much crime and chaos and craziness there. There's just too many people cramped. Um, so, either way, you know, uh, Cortez, uh, whew, you have a lot of angry people if she runs, man.
0: Well, that would be... Uh, yeah, She's too. still going to be too green at that point. I mean, she's only going to be... You know, not even two years into her first ter- term so I don't know but some people appear to really like her um, also some people appear to be really concerned uh, I don't know how they get all these pictures where she looks crazy eyed uh, those have to be photoshopped I would assume Hard to or say. she just looked bel- bewildered crazy eyed in every picture
1: yeah you know it's the same people that would usually give me shit about any of the pictures I posted about Sarah Huckabee Sanders lazy eye you know
0: yeah, it, uh you know amazing uh you know when you paint it with that brush it's uh you see things differently. But uh <laughs> you know I wonder you if it's see gonna be see two different like angles. The, uh, you remember 2016 in the uh, Republican primary? I think there, you know, 20 <laughs> some people in there and it uh got really crazy for a while.
1: Oh, it was a uh, hall of fame up there on the on
0: the the d- debate
1: podium, I guess you would call stand.
0: stand and you know, they had to widen the stage, my goodness. Yeah,
1: there's tons of people there. It was insane. Um, so yeah, to keep things rolling here, though, so Biden showed up. Our boy, he made out good on his promise. He was going to give the people of Missoula a great show. Uh, Bannon, Steve Bannon, former, I believe he was the campaign manager, campaign director, uh, high up there with the Trump 2016 uh, campaign.
0: White and, House uh, strategist.
1: White House strategist, strategist, uh, and... After the campaign was done with, he left. Uh, He went off to go do some things in Europe. At the time, Trump tweeted out some things about him uh, that made it seem like maybe Trump didn't like Bannon as much. But the whole time, Bannon was saying, It's all right, you know, uh, I've got Trump's back here. And pretty much, sort of, every interview I saw, he kind of takes credit for the entire election win for himself. So. It's going to be interesting to see how the next couple months here play out given everything we know currently about the current climate and situation surrounding that election. Um, But yeah, he was supposed to come to Missoula, ended up not coming here. Uh, According to the Great Falls Tribune here, a forum on the future of populism scheduled for next week in Missoula has been canceled because Speaker Steve Bannon is not available. Uh, The former White House strategist, is was initially scheduled to deliver a keynote speech at the 2018 ACE Advances in Computer Technology and Entertainment Conference planned at the University of Montana from December 4th, 10th
0: through the 14th so tomorrow through Thursday it looks oh, like man, almost a week-long conference uh, well, Wow
1: dang quite yeah. the event there uh, he however able to
0: tolerate Bannon for that long
1: oh, geez, I was gonna say is he gonna be there all four days? That'd be insane. Yeah. Hang with Pan. Uh, I'm just
0: thinking of those videos of, uh, uh, was it uh, Jordan Peterson, like when he tries to go to uh, Berkeley? And uh, <laughs> would it be the same scene that uh, we saw there where he's just getting shouted down?
1: Oh everywhere. yeah, he would just, it would be insane for him probably. However, organizer Adrian Chillock, I'm birch during that name, canceled the conference in mid-November saying the researchers were backing out in part because Bannon... Because of Bannon and, you know, his given reputation, and because the conference was being co-presented with a forum called the International Congress on Love and Sex with
0: Robots. That is...
1: <laughs> Cheok said Bannon would still speak in Missoula on December 11th at what was called the inaugural Athenian-Parisia Free Speech Forum. That sounds really white powery. Um...
0: I've, it it kind of does. I'm still caught up on the uh, Congress of Love and Sex with Robots. Um,
1: I know, isn't that just like mind blowing? There, like, so he was gonna go speak this Athenian, Parisian, like what? Uh, man, I'm. I mean, I don't really know my Anglo-Saxon uh, history in that regard. I guess I'd have to go back so someone could school us on this. But, jeez, uh, what an event, an inaugural. So it was the first one. Um, so. Maybe they'll have a podcast of their own soon. But anyways, uh, University Spokeswoman Paula Short said the university received an email early t- last Tuesday uh, notifying them that the event canceled. So if you were planning to go hit up the sex robot uh, Make America Great Again Steve Bannon tour
0: at Missoula, sorry. <laughs> it's just it's yeah. no good. Yeah, well, I guess my schedule's clear for next week. Uh, gee, yeah, well, no Bannon. Um, we'll, uh, we'll survive. I would like to think we are uh, maybe more tolerant than some people over at Berkeley. So, you know, uh, I-, I joke, but in all actuality, they would you'll know, probably be fine aside from minor protests, I would hope.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't willing to bet.
0: But, uh,. Oh, I guess so. We'll end it on some good news for the, uh, I guess the teenagers and the fast food workers uh, out there getting a minimum wage increase this year, Ooh. from uh, eight thirty to eight fifty, which is, uh, as you know, already higher than the seven twenty five of the federal minimum wage, and uh, that does go up every year according to the consumer price index, and I guess that is increasing. It's great to hear.
1: Uh, gosh, I remember back when I first got a job and. The Minimum wage, I think, was like six fifty, six seventy five, dollars somewhere around there. And to think back on that now, it's, uh, you know, it just, it, it, you can view it as inhumane
0: now. But, um, you know, someone argued that a minimum wage itself is inhumane. We're, we're get, getting get back to our libertarian roots here. Indeed. Well,
1: you know, if you uh, take away the minimum wage, you effectively could... Uh, wipe out all unemployment because you could offer jobs at any rate and then everyone would have the opportunity to have a job sweeping the floor 20 cents an hour i believe who is it that said that i believe it was michelle bachman that was a direct quote from her that uh if we took away minimum wage that unemployment would go away
0: well I don't know if it's a tool to solve um, well that that is ridiculous there, there is a point and, and I suppose that there is a point where people are going to try to pay so low and I'm like you know I can just stay home or I can do anything else <laughs> but yeah people can't afford to live on that but I don't know if this is a uh, minimum wage is a, a tool to fight poverty or you know Maybe a topic for a future episode: wage history in Montana. It certainly is uh, colored and spotted like the rest of Montana history. So, but Indeed, uh, I'm happy.
1: I feel like we should uh, try and get some. I don't know. Do you think we could probably look at like trying to get people from different wage brackets on the show? I feel like we'd have to get them on at different times. I don't want to have somebody, you know, making a ton of money talking to somebody who makes not a ton of money directly about wages.
0: Um, I think like that's probably a recipe for disaster, but... It uh, could be. It could be a forum. Uh, maybe we'll get together with those uh, robot love people. Um, uh, I'm just happy that Montana is uh, higher. We've got to be better than all of our surrounding states, which are all at the federal minimum range except South Dakota, but that hardly counts because we barely touch it. Indeed. Uh, well,
1: you know, we still haven't beat on
0: the fact that you don't have to pay any fucking sales tax here. Oh, even better even better uh, you got no sales tax so um, you know that concludes episode 10 of lives that matter of uh, Montana Voices podcast and we'll run through our business and uh, sign off the air here
1: indeed so as usual if you would like to listen to uh, the podcast here it's going to be Montana If you would like to reach out to us at email, let us know with your comments, concerns, uh, anything you'd like to let us know about, you'd like to reach out to us to be on the show even, uh, reach out to us at Montana Voices at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle handle will be at Montana underscore voices. Our Facebook account is going to be at Montana Voices Podcast. Twitch. It's going to be up and live here within this month, I assure you all. Stay tuned, twitch.tv slash Montana Voices. And we can uh, now find all of our episodes on YouTube at Montana Voices Podcast.